Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I am from California, and I'm living in beautiful Wuhan. And today I am with Bebe. Yes. Hi, Jason. Hi, our dear listeners. How are you guys? I'm happy to be back on The Bridge. And with us today is Pat, an international businessman originally from the United States, whose father is from Shanghai and also lived here in mainland China in Shanghai, Beijing, and Wuhan, and is now living in Colorado and has been the CEO of his own company in China and now is the CEO of a company in the United States. And he's going to help shed light on what it's like renting a home in China versus renting a home in the ah, U.S. Hi, Hello, Pat. Pat. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, where are you at, Pat? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Seattle right now, but I spend my time generally between Denver, New York, and Seattle. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. <laughs> All right. Today we are going to be talking about, eventually, about renting a house in China versus renting a house elsewhere, like in the States. Oh, renting. Okay. Or an apartment. Okay. Yeah, renting. I've rented before. <laughs> I am a champion renter in China, so I thought this would be uh, every time, every year or year and a half. My wife and I move to a new place. Wow, uh, we've never lived in one place for more than that amount of time, and so it's just constantly been a serial a set of apartments. Is that by choice, or were you guys like kicked out <laughs> every time? <laughs> well, you know, as as an American, like living in China, part of my coming here was to understand China better and mm. like be part of the culture. Mm -hmm. So by moving around a lot, I felt like I got to experience new neighborhoods, new things. You That's know, like true. Beijing, a lot of people, I had a friend, his name is Fonto. He said, China's not monolithic. You know, I think that's even true inside Beijing. Beijing's not monolithic. Each neighborhood has its own culture and its own feel, its own vibe, its own set of mm -hmm. stores and its its own little culture. So mm -hmm. moving around has helped me like understand China a little bit better, mm -hmm. you know. Well, it's a lot of work, uh, <laughs> renting and also <laughs> moving. But I guess you guys yeah. are okay with it if you do it so often. Well, um any interesting stories to tell? Well, I actually wanted to s switch around. Our friend Pat, who's from the States, he actually also mm -hmm. lived in China. You lived in Wuhan also, didn't oh. you, Pat? Yeah. And Beijing. I started off in Beijing. I've lived in both Puxi and Pudong in Shanghai as a renter, uh, in Suchin, China, and also in Wuhan in the Optic Valley. Nice. Wow. What what did you do in Wuhan? Because like that wouldn't be the city I think of, you know, for some foreigner coming into China. Yeah, that's like down the list. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize the the cultural impact that Wuhan has. Wuhan has a really rich history in China, and they're one of the largest mm -hmm. exporters of fiber optic cables. And so my industry comes oh. from entertainment, specifically in the gaming side. So Wuhan is actually mm. a really great city for us to be able to do anything with fiber. We were planning a bunch of international events prior to COVID happening, and so Wuhan was mm. a perfect city with a lot of uh, a lot of college students, a lot of uh, younger people who have disposable income for it. Right. Wow. Can I just ask Pat? I just want to ask for for everyone who's been to Wuhan, like. How did you survive the summers? <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, let me tell you this. <laughs> the, I, we were working with the government of Sweden for a project called Business Sweden, and we actually had them come out right at the peak of the crawfish season when it was 43 degrees Celsius and peak humidity. And we actually climbed the Yellow Crane Tower I almost passed oh, no. out on the way down, and the reality oh, wow. is, you just need to have AC on and pay for the electricity costs while you're while you're there during the entire summer season. Wow. Well, I'm I'm happy you survived. 
<laughs> it's good in many other ways, just not it's yeah, summer. Yeah, the, the people, <laughs> the food, the, the culture. The Wuhan is an mm. awesome city outside of maybe the two months of unbearable heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so where did you rent? You you rented a place, that's right? Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was called Tanin Guojitan, which uh, is a modern international city. It was about a kilometer away from the Optics Valley Convention Center, and it was primarily a shaochu that was for um, for uh, people who are foreigners who are entering Wuhan, mm. and it, it was a subsidized housing nice. space uh, so that you could also like rent the offices nearby Wait, too. So subsidized? Can I ask how much it was? If it's subsidized, I, I'm just curious. Yeah, um, I had a hundred and seventy. I had a 170 square meter apartment, and I think the the cost of rent was roughly 1800 RMB per month with uh, without wow. utilities, but with wait 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 18. It was very yeah very very cheap if you're used to Beijing or tier oh my one god 1800 that's what like oh, like 220 dollars or something a month. We, we could comfortably For- fit four king size beds, two bathrooms, and we had a nice full kitchen, and it was 170. Awesome. Oh my goodness, that that's is awesome. Nice. I live in Han- Hanyang, mm-hmm. which is like the the suburbs of Wuhan, and I pay 2600 RMB, mm-hmm. and our apartment doesn't sound quite as big as the one that you had, and you're like near Optic Valley Square, which is one of the two most popular places in the city. Wait, Jason, you're paying yeah, 2600 now? Actually, I think we pay 2700 because we have to pay 100 RMB for the uh like the services, you know, like making I, I forget what it's called, but you know like the shaochu services. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, the Ooh, yeah. yeah, the wu yeah services to make sure the yards get trimmed and stuff. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So 2021 you pay tw- 2700 per month for, like, a- apartment uh, of over 100 meters? A, That's cheap. It's a three-bedroom apartment with two bathrooms and two balconies. Wait, are they giving you any preferential treatment, or is it, like, the market price? No, no. That's crazy. Too- we Where we live... And Wuhan is like where no one wants to live. It's like there's nothing to do here. When, when you want to do, it's like Dashing. If you would live in like Fifth oh. Ring South Dashing, like it's like it's kind of like that in Beijing, where you live so far away wow. from anything that's really happening that they're like, oh, it's super cheap. Um, but it's really brand new. And when if you look outside from the balcony, we have like a swimming pool oh. inside swimming pool, outside swimming pool. It's really <gasps> nice. What? Oh, wow. wow, amazing! I paid like that much for just the Wu Ye, which is. You give it to the people who, you know, cut the grass, <laughs> uh, take all the garbage and help fix uh, your pipes and things like that. So in China, you pay a fee for that every month, mm, mm. Uh, probably in some communities in the U.S. too. I'm not too sure, but uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, yeah we have homeowners associations in the U.S., but that's more so for the owners of the property than the uh, renters themselves. I, I think we should translate some of this. So 1700 what Pat was paying in Valley Optic Square, that's what? Three hundred dollars less than that. Two hundred two hundred thirty U.S. dollars. Yeah, three hundred and fifty dollars yeah. a month. And these apartments are big, like one seventy meters. That's um, I guess in the U.S. you don't go by meter. It beats a twelve thousand RMB. Twelve thousand RMB in Shanghai and Pushi. It was twelve thousand RMB for a sixty-three square meter. Apartment. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like, about right. That's like two thousand dollars. Yeah, for like yeah, so almost two thousand for yeah. a third of the square meter. <laughs> the size of the yep. apartment. All right. But you're living in one of the most exciting places in China, like downtown Chang'e. Yeah, yeah, you are living right in the city center, and the amenities are t- they're top notch at that price. Yeah, 
Oh, okay. Mm. All right. We can move on now. I'm just <laughs> digesting the <laughs> anyway, oh, well, Okay. I, wanna, I don't want to embarrass you. My, my last apartment was also, it was 7,700 RMB. That included, included the Wuya fee. It was through Zirum, which is mm-hmm. an app you can rent on. And I was, but, but I was oh. living inside uh, the Beijing West Second Ring. So it was like the actual <gasps> city of Beijing for that price. But we, we well, that's amazing. Yeah. But it, no, how, it's, how did you it, get that price? It's not amazing when you find out how small it was we literally oh, lived in like a small bedroom that had a bathroom attached to it that was like our apartment oh uh, okay were you sharing with anybody or well, it's just it my wife my tiny? wife and i and a cat yeah oh okay well that's not sharing i'm <laughs> <laughs> sharing it's sharing i don't know yeah that's that's decent because it's like within the second ring like i can't even think about you know renting a place or buying a place within the second ring that's like beyond yeah. most people we shopped so hard actually i want i have a story so we went mm. we wanted to live in the hutongs originally we were moving it was our, like our last we were it's our last period of time we were going to be living in beijing and we thought mm-hmm. let's move to the hutongs that i've never i've never lived in the, my wife was like i don't want to and i was like i do i totally want to live in the <laughs> She's hutongs. practical yeah, i want to live somewhere like it's the old city and it's like really cool so we we went shopping in the hutongs many times one of the places we found was this really small like place it looked like a a cabin in the woods almost <laughs> kind of like style on the right. inside it had like logs mm-hmm. in the ceiling and we with all these men came in to negotiate with us we're like okay cool and i was like we need to do our due diligence or whatever mm-hmm. so you know uh we're gonna go check with the police that i can register mm-hmm. here because sometimes there's like an, an issue about where foreigners can live and stuff and we're really close to uh what's it called uh what's the place where all the leaders live oh i know i know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we were like, okay, we're very close to Jongnanhai. We need to go to check with the police. Mm-hmm. So we went down to the police station. And they were like, you can't rent from these people in the first place because they don't own that apartment. Oh. And apparently, the people who were trying to rent to us who were trying to rent like their grandma's house to us, oh. and apparently, the way that they were doing it was illegal. Oh. So. And apparently these same people kept re-renting this apartment out every few days or something. And literally the same day that we were trying to rent the apartment, they had already rented it to someone else. Wow. Okay. And the police were looking for these people. Oh, thanks to you. <laughs> they they found them. No, no, oh. they didn't. They didn't end up finding them because when we said we're gonna go to the police, they were like, Oh yeah, sure. And then they hmm. just vanished and they were gone. Oh. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, it was, un- it was an unusual situation. I've never had anything like that happen to me before, but I thought it was a uh-huh. good story because we nearly like lost like 30,000 RMB or something. Wait, 30,000 as w- what were you we c- going to pay for? First, last three months. First, last three months. So about thir- about 10,000 per month. That's no, no, no. I, th- mm. I think it was uh, is like six thousand or something. That's not bad. But when you multiply six times five, yeah, yeah the, it turns into can I, quite a bit. It, did you do research that it, was there like a bathroom inside the apartment, or because in some hutongs you have to go like yeah, in the old yeah. days you have to go to a community yeah bathroom yeah and there with like no air conditioning so in the winter time uh huh <laughs> you <laughs> you wouldn't that. want to I've be spending that. too much time. Yeah, but nowadays, maybe you don't see that as often. Like people install whatever they need to in those hutongs. But I mean, I walk down okay. the street and I've seen like, you know, the older people the all gathering together at the local community bathroom. I have seen that in the old hutongs. <laughs> Go there to chat. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> to catch up. Yeah, I've been good since the last <laughs> yeah. time I was in the bathroom. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, Pat, we don't want to leave Pat out. 
I actually had something similar. Like we, my family is Shanghainese, and I'm a second generation immigrant. But like we have technically protected housing in Shanghai also that we're not allowed to rent out. Oh, It's partially owned by the government, nice. partially owned by my family. But because my generation were American citizens,、mm-hmm. we actually can't receive that housing back.、Oh. So it's a it's a really cool property, heritage property in China. Every single city has them, and they're awesome. But yeah, you you just, you're not allowed to make a revenue off of it. Oh,、mm-hmm. so like your family lived there, or is it just empty? Yeah, my、uh, my family was working with the Belize government about a century ago, and so we were our family was one of the ones that built out one of the sections of the French concession. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. That cool. <laughs> so yeah. Anyhow, you're a homeowner in America, is that right, Pat? Yeah,、uh, yeah. You said you're split between three cities. Do you rent an apartment anywhere? Yeah, so、uh, we have a shared housing in Denver because that's where our home office is in New York. I, I have an apartment with my cousin, and then in Seattle, I have our house. Wow. And unfortunately, that's the cost of doing business when you travel a lot. So you do rent an apartment in New York? Yep. May I ask what's the ballpark kind of figure for, and where where approximately in New York is that? Yeah, Manhattan and four grand a month for a two bedroom. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so about twenty twenty five thousand RMB. Wait, wait, wait! Say that again. Yeah, about twenty five thousand RMB for a two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Oh, so wow. The city well, yeah, two bedroom. I、um, rented、yeah. for two years when I was working there, and the first one I remember I shared with one of my college friends. She was in like investment banking, so for the whole year that we lived together, I saw her like. Three times, <laughs> briefly.、<Yeah. laughs> um, the only sign that I knew that she was there was, you know, her her garbage can would start to overflow <laughs> every few days. <laughs> that was like the sign that she was still alive, and it was a pretty small、uh, an apartment, two bedrooms. I remember I could fit a mattress in my room. And then a really tiny table, and you can hear pretty much everything that goes on in that apartment building. And I think I paid somewhere around. Was it eleven hundred? Like a little over a thousand per month. Did you get the concrete walls? And I, I had the what? The concrete walls.、Uh, generally, in, in New York, the most people who are renting for the first time they end up in an apartment that has old New York housing. So it's、uh, you still see the brick walls、yeah. uh, on the side along with like the new construction that they、huh. do. You know what? I was so busy, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> I don't recall any of that because every day we're just like struggling. You know,、um, we worked until、yeah. we were like. The hustle of New York. Out of breath. So,、um, but th- that had a kitchen and not much of a living room,、um, a bathroom, and、uh, I thought the price. I mean, it was like a third of my monthly pay, and、um, I, re- I still remember the time. You know, before I started work, I went, of course, apartment hunting, and I was shocked that they charged me over. I think over two hundred dollars for. Um, you know, punching th- some things in in the computer and telling me there is apartment here. <laughs> well, because I, I guess、um, I wasn't used to paying. What do you call it? Like Zhong Jie Fei. Like you pay someone. The realtors is that what you call? Oh, it? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because、yeah, yeah. 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 I know that you pay them for buying a house, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that I had to pay that much for renting one. And so I was like, I remember standing in their office. I'm like,、oh, I need to give you over two hundred dollars for this. <laughs> so, but it worked out. And then the next year, I moved to、um, somewhere close to Columbia University, and I think it was、um, it was cheaper because it was I think one of the faculties renting out、uh, like a portion of her apartment, and that was like less than eight hundred dollars per month.、Um, but that's like sharing with the apartment、mm. owner. So that was a little cheap. That's still a steal、yeah. from New York. Yeah, it was.、Uh, but then you know, at the end, she had some issue with me cooking noodles, which you know, it's it's not really polluting the apartment or anything. 
So I had to, I decided to move out and my family was in New Jersey at that time. So for the last few months, I just commuted by train. And I think in those three months, I saved like, you know, like $10,000 or something. <laughs> it was all of a sudden I had money, but for all like oh, <laughs> nearly two years working and living mm. in New York, I don't think I saved much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, really quickly for the people in America, we mentioned the term Shaochu earlier. And I think for a lot of Americans, they may not know what that is. So I just wanted to quickly delineate that. Here in China, a lot of people live in like a large gated community. So like in America, gated communities exist, but generally they're for like really wealthy people. There oh. are like apartment complexes, but like in China, apartment almost all apartment complexes are like gated. And so like you live in like a place with like maybe four buildings or maybe like 40 buildings. Mm -hmm. And they're like, e each one of these buildings is between 10 and 30 stories tall or so. And like usually a couple shops and there's like a, a place for like managing the apartments like the Wuya, mm -hmm. right. you mentioned earlier, the apartment manager. And then you have your own little park. Maybe you even have a tiny little water feature like a lake or, you know, something like that that's like artificial and stuff. And everyone lives in these gated communities and that's what a Shaochu is. And so we do pay like a service yeah. fee. Also, I wanted to mention heating. Hmm. So if you're a if you're north of the Yangtze, heating in China is a little bit different. Do either one of you want to tackle that? Yeah, Pat, do you have experience? I can talk yeah, about it, uh, but Pat, go first. I, I can talk about my experience from living in Beijing and in, uh, in Shanghai. So in, in Beijing, my heating costs were, I would say, like even in the, the coldest parts of winter, like they weren't terribly expensive. I would say maybe at most like 50 to 70 US dollars a month. But that's what's running my internal heating the entire time. You have they have most Beijing part uh, or most northern apartments. They all have internal heating that gets turned on, and so you don't have to ha run like your own heating at all times. Mm. When you go south of the Yangtze, and especially in Shanghai, where it's really high humidity, the cold just kind of penetrates all of the walls. There's no there's no internal right. heating, and so you're consistently running. Uh, you're running like a, a heater in every single room, and you still feel mm. cold. The bills for electricity for heating during the winter in, in southern China is probably two or three times the price of being in the uh, north. Well, I live in Beijing and I, I I love the winter heating here. Like where I lived, you don't really worry about it. Like every year in the in late fall, there will be these Wu Ye people. What do you, how do you say Wu Ye in, in English? Apartment manager? Apartment yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Apartment managers. They will come and check out the pipes and you'll start he to hear some noise. Like uh, hot water going through the pipes, working its way, clearing yeah. it out. The gurgling um, sound. For now, like, yeah, the gurgling sound. Then you know that, oh, it's time for winter heating. Um, And usually they don't wait until it's really yeah, cold. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it's still just uh, getting a little bit cold. So somewhere in November, like mid-November maybe in Beijing. And I have the one, the, the, uh, the house in which I live now has floorboard heating. Oh my God. So hot these water hot water pipes go underneath. They're nice. So you can like, you know, walk around bare feet and it's like warm at the bottom. Mm. Um, but the apartment I lived, uh, the previous apartment, um, it has those, I guess, what do you call it? Tunnels where they blow the hot air out. I'm not sure what, tu what, what do you call tunnels? It? <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's just like pipes, uh, pipes where they, it's like centralized yeah, 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 heating. Yeah. The building has centralized heating. So, like, when you walk outside the, the building in the wintertime, you can see, like, uh, steam yeah, yeah. coming out of 
from one part of the building. That's probably where they are boiling whatever they need to boil. And so hot air will come out once in a while. Um, and that's for like the entire building, but you can adjust the temperature for your particular yeah. apartment. And the cost is by square meters. So the larger um, your apartment, the more you pay. And I mean, for most of us, we don't think it's that cheap. Um, for each winter, we would pay a few thousand. So you, you are a homeowner, baby. Because as, as a renter yeah. in Beijing, my experience was mm-hmm. not having to even know how much it costs. Because it's required the oh, landlord pays it. It's part of like, it's, it's buried in your mm-hmm. rent, like secretly, you know, like they just add, add it into mm-hmm. your rent. But every year it was be like, sometimes okay. someone would show up, sometimes not and just get, oh, you can just feel the pipes every day until one day it's warm. Right. And like that, that as <laughs> yeah. a renter, you don't have to worry about because the, it's the, legally the landlord's responsibility to just pay for the cost mm-hmm. of the heating. I think I've been doing renting wrong. Yeah. So every year your landlord will go to, <laughs> what, what do you mean? You've been paying it? I, I've been, I, I've had to pay all, I've been paying electric, every place I rented, I, I was paying the bills myself. Like I had to set up the card at the, at the, uh, oh. the electric facility oh. and to pay it off every single month through Alibaba or through Alipay. Oh, Maybe different arrangements. A mm-hmm. few different ones. You have to pay for gas. So like you may be paying your just your p- gas bill. And you also need if you're u- running your like kong, your uh, kong tiao, your air conditioning unit as a heater, you have to pay for that. But the the pipes that Bebe's talking about inside of the apartment that get hot. Radiators. And, that's the word. Radiators. Yeah, mm-hmm. Radiators that. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, through, that we through yeah. your landlord. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're baby, unless you're a homeowner, then I guess it's your own responsibility. No, yeah, yeah you, you go pay, but it's, it's pretty convenient. I mean, your, um, oh yeah, uh, huh, what's the word again? Management, right? Your management team <laughs> yeah. is within the, like the community. Mm-hmm. So you just go there. Like we go there and pay every year. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate the internal heating, like in the north. When it's like when you hear the wind howling outside and it's like the wind is cutting and it's cold and you can just retreat back into your house <laughs> and it's all nice and toasty. Sometimes, as a foreigner, I, I usually find it too hot. Like it's in the house. I, <laughs> Sometimes. I, and my wife gets upset. So I have to sh- secretly crack a window here and there so we could let some of the heat out because it's too hot. You know, <laughs> Sometimes it gets too hot. And the thing is, like I've been to uh, northeastern Beijing, so Dongbei. Don't when we say Dongbei or northeastern Beijing, that actually includes three provinces of the coldest places in China. And you would think like it well, the time we went there, that was about ten years ago. Um, I think the temperature was like minus twenty five Celsius, mm. uh, like minus twenty. That's like cold. Like you can that's lose a finger cold, if you yeah. hold it out for too long. So before we went, everybody was like you know getting ready, had layers and layers and thick down jackets and everything. Um, and when we got there for the entire time that I was there, I didn't even feel cold. Like we were so well prepared and also indoors, like the indoors, the shops, the restaurants, people's houses, they were so hot. <laughs> they, everywhere was so well, he- well heated, mm-hmm. maybe a little mm-hmm. bit too much. Mm-hmm. Like you would be wearing t-shirts inside and they, uh, for people's, uh, families, like in, especially in the countryside, they still had the, those kung which like brick beds 
and it's like a, there's like a stove underneath. Yeah, yeah. My, so, my wife's grandma has that. It's very yeah, lovely. It's it's super warm. And, and like the first time I sat on it, I literally jumped out. I was like, ow! <laughs> it was so hot. You have to but put a blanket it. on it and sit on the blanket. Yeah. Yes, layers of blankets. But it just it's really nice when it's like minus 20 Celsius degrees outside and it's all nice and warm and toasty inside. Um, so, you know, we don't mind paying for the, for the heating. <laughs> and some people in the South, in China, they really want that too. Yeah. So, Pat, you live in Denver. I imagine you have a, a yard or like something. Right? Uh, Denver, not so much. Uh, Denver's we are in like a, a area called Cherry Creek, which is like half business, half old money. So and, and we unfortunately we can't afford a place that has a yard there in Seattle. Actually, my backyard's uh, it's bigger than my my actual house. And you have a dog. Uh, I have a cat. And, and chickens. I have chickens and cats. Chickens? <gasps> well, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I'll get to that later. In Seattle? I'll get to that in later. In the city? Yeah. So is, is your cat an outside-inside cat? Uh, he's, yeah, our, our cat's actually a Chinese cat uh, that we just what? brought over uh, this past Saturday. Um, so he's, wow. uh, he's a fully indoor cat, was raised in apartments, and has been having the time of his life having... 10x the square footage nowadays. Wow. You know, um, I, I wanted to compare a little bit. Like here in China, typically we don't have yards. Some people do if they live a little bit further from city centers or whatever, or like in, in a third tier town or whatever. But like in, you know, Beijing or Wuhan or Shanghai, etc. Like these places, we maybe we have a balcony and that's it. So like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really I prefer to be on the 17th floor and to look out and feel like I'm, you know, part of like a high rise. And I feel in a way because I came from a small town in America, mm -hmm. like I feel kind of like I, this feeling like I made it when I'm standing amongst <laughs> the lights and whatever. But like, you know, Pat, do you prefer a yard or do you prefer to live in like a, a high rise building? Uh when I was by myself, my wife was waiting for immigration. I would say I would have rather had an apartment. Having an apartment, it's it's clean, it's easy to clean, and it's just not that much space, right? You don't have to worry about anything. Mm. In a house, I feel like half of my spare time is spent either mopping the floors, like raking the leaves, like it's just all <laughs> maintenance time. But it is awesome to be able to have a patio and right. do a barbecue with your friends and just have the space yeah, for those yeah, activities. Yeah. Well, your cat is happier mm, with the house, mm. I bet. Oh, yeah, he's loving it. <laughs> so you don't have a dog would you ever consider if you were i know you're moving around the country all the time so maybe it's not yeah. ideal for you to think about a dog but would you get a dog um uh, yeah I, so i grew up raised with dogs and we had a golden retriever we had a, a multi-poo and like i love dogs but my current lifestyle doesn't allow for it i do think that having a yard is a lot better uh, the same way that if you are in a shaochu that has a dog park it is so much more convenient to have a dog just to let them kind of like roam around but um yeah i mean if i wasn't so busy i probably would be having a dog i've been actually looking at adopting a uh what is it called a golden retriever wow, wow. but uh yeah every breeder is currently booked uh, yeah golden now. retriever probably my my preference um too. you mentioned balcony jason can i just um say something about it like a little story sure so growing up in china i lived i grew up in wuhan and every family in our apartment buildings had a balcony yang tai this means like sun balcony. Right? You that's where mm, you mm. you know you dry your clothing. And while mm -hmm. I was growing up, um, like in China, still people don't use dryers as much. Like we just use the sun, <laughs> you know. Mm, um, mm. And back then, uh, and like there was like an extension to the balcony. So the balcony is like e extension of your apartment. And then on the balcony, there's like uh, we had this iron structure where 
it went out over the balcony and we put、uh, bamboo poles over them. And that's where we would hang our laundry to dry. Every apartment was like that.、Um, so I was used to、uh, you know, having a, a, a balcony. But when I went to the States, you know, I didn't see any balconies. That was like just gone、mm-hmm. from you know,、mm-hmm. your view. Everybody had, it seemed like everybody had a house.、Um, and then I got to New York after graduation. And one day I remember walking home from work. And I was just you know, walking by myself. And all of a sudden, I lifted my head and I saw this apartment building with balconies. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I still remember that moment. I literally froze there and I felt tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> Seriously, because I felt like at that moment, I was like back to Wuhan, my childhood. You know, I saw a building with balconies and.、Uh, <laughs> It's something that you grew up with and all of a sudden just disappeared from your life. So I was so touched at that moment.、Um, but maybe it's, you know, it's still not as common. I lived in New York for, for two years. I, for the, in the buildings that I lived in, they didn't have any balconies.、Um, but it's just so nice to, to be able to go out. You know, you have your apartment, you're indoors, but then you can go out. And you're like, you know, way up in the air. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little strange feeling, but you feel like you're still connected to the outside world. No, I feel the same. And I, I mean, yeah. To, you feel the same? Not、yeah. just to the outside world, but like just like, I don't know, the air and stuff. So sometimes I'm, I'm、mm. inside a long time. I'll just walk out on my balcony two minutes, just stand there and look、mm-hmm. around. And it makes me feel a lot better. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that feeling. And I remember that's after graduation, I took a trip to Japan. And the house that we rented, the first one, like it had its、uh, washing facilities、uh, downstairs, but you have to go hang your clothes up out in the sun to dry.、Mm. And I was like, wow, this is like, you know, back to the days when I was little. And it was like <laughs> a creaky old wooden house. So you have to walk up these really narrow stairs with your laundry. And, and then you get to this like wobbly <laughs> balcony. <laughs> I was like a little worried. And it also had those bamboo poles. And that was like in Japan. I was like, wow. So we were not the only ones who use this structure. <laughs> you know, other people, they, they also dry their laundry out in the sun, which I think is such a good idea.、Mm-hmm. You know, it helps、mm-hmm. kill the bacteria naturally and saves energy. And at that moment, I was like, touched. Oh, this is like back to my childhood days in Wuhan. It was really nice. <laughs> I have a question for you, baby. Actually, yeah. Like,、sure. have you ever had clothing fall out of those bamboo bowls? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I like my dryer for the reason that half. Half the time when it gets windy and my clothes fall out, <laughs> I have to go talk to my neighbor because、yeah. it lands in their balcony. And it's always embarrassing to ask. Especially、them. if it's like an underwear or something.、Um, yeah, it, <laughs> it happens. And that's why you have these clips to secure it. But, you know, when everybody does it this way, and then it's just, you just kind of accept it because、uh, sometimes theirs will fall on your balcony and they'll come and get it. So it was never a problem. And I still like the way that, that we dry our clothing naturally. It just feels like, you know, it's energy efficient. It's,、uh, in dryers, I do have a dryer now, but I rarely use it because it goes on for hours.、Really? And I feel like, you know, yeah, the one I have, I don't know, it's not as powerful, maybe. Well, I, it's I, like washer and dryer together. I agree with you 100%、yeah. about like the saving. 
energy thing. Like mm. my, when I first moved to South Korea initially, I was like, how do I dry my clothes? And it, it took me quite, it was a, <laughs> quite a learning experience for me. But now that I've lived mm-hmm. in China for like years and years, I'm like, mm. the only thing I miss about the dryer is the feeling of that they're warm for about 10 seconds when you put them on. Yeah. Yeah. But like, 10 seconds. other than that, I, I <laughs> yes. save so much money. And I know that we're, you know, we're spending a lot, mm. we're putting a lot less CO2 in the atmosphere by like billions of people not using dryers. Yeah. kind of wanted to flip this around and talk about neighbors for a second. Neighbors. You know, in yeah. America, mm-hmm. yeah, in America, on t- in TV shows, neighbors seem to hang out a lot. Mm. But, you know, my experience of living in America wasn't really like that as much. Like, I barely knew my neighbors at all. Mm. It wasn't like tool time where you go up to the fence and talk to your neighbor about something. Mm. That was not like what it was really like. And I was wondering, Pat, you live in Denver. Do you know your neighbors? Yeah, actually, I, I do know my neighbors. I, I think I, I live in what's called like a picket fence community so mm-hmm. most people are single family households they're they're uh, my neighborhood specifically has gone from kind of the last generation and everybody who has bought in houses in our neighborhood is remodeling into so they're all in their 30s and 40s mm-hmm. we have a lot of kids a lot of pet owners and so you get to see them around all the time but it's not every neighborhood it's like i have i'm in a rare neighborhood where like when I came back, people actually, they baked me a cake. They made me cookies. Wow. Like wow. We, we put a lot of effort into uh, knowing each other. We even have a, we have a Facebook group where people can like ask for like small help. So like we had a, mm. we had a high school kid who was going around pressure washing this summer for $20 for your mm. house. And it was awesome. Nice. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's rare in America nowadays. Well, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's not rare. Maybe I'm just mistaken. That was just my personal experience. Um, well, for, can I ask something um, about house buying? Because Pat, you're, what, you're in your, 30s maybe uh, i'm 29 29 and you you own your house yeah i purchased my home in 2015 is that like normal in the states to be able to purchase your own house in your 20s yeah i, I would say that uh, now in your 20s it, it depends right so most of my close friends all work in tech mm. so they're either programmers or doing ux or something technology focused mm-hmm. and almost all of my friends this year have purchased their first home a, a down payment of of course a 20-year mortgage mm-hmm. but uh, i would say like in the 750 to 950,000 us dollar range mm. most people in their late 20s can start affording that mortgage wow because like in china in the past few years a little bit less in the past two years but um like from let's say 2005 all the way till let's say 2020 you know when people chat especially not maybe not young people uh, a little bit uh, like house price housing price is one of the like hottest topics Mm -hmm. because you know from that i I think 2005 to 2016 that's considered like um the housing boom in china yes Mm. yeah you know when i was little that's like you know early 1980s it was still a little bit of well it was more like socialist right like my parents' workplace, they would uh, give you an apartment. Like people didn't really pay for their apartments. My mom worked for the university. So, you know, we had, we, we always had, we had like three different apartments. Like we didn't, I don't think we even paid rent. You just lived there. You were like assigned to an apartment. So like that generation, they didn't really have to worry about buying or renting. And then... Um, by the time I got to the States, I think around that time, maybe people started buying apartments. And then by 2005 or 2006, I think, or seven or eight, that's like when I came back to Beijing. 
and housing price was all like people were talking about because it was um, like every year or every month the housing price went up. Also, that's when you know people started. A lot of people started to have to buy their houses. Like your workplace wouldn't assign you an apartment anymore. And by assign you apartment, like back for my parents, you didn't just live there. Like you actually own the apartment. Um, so you don't just have to worry about housing at all. But later on, you know, when things were privatized and uh, you know there was a huge market for housing, it was it just kept getting more and more expensive. And I'm sure that uh, Jason, you know about mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. For all the ten years that you were here, you have heard about people talking about housing prices. Well, I mean, like, do they talk to you about? I it? had a friend. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to give away his personal information or story. But he bought sure. an apartment in Beijing, like 2010, for about a million RMB. 2000. And then when he sold it in Ooh. 2017 he sold it for five and a half million rmb what yeah so wait 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 in beijing in, in, it was in yes in uh yeah. east beijing like uh east beijing? third ring east he bought it for a million oh and then yeah, it was no it was wonder. like an older apartment complex about when he bought it, it was about 20 years old but he sold it like seven or eight years later and mm. he made a killing you on bet. it yeah see that's how um basically for like the past decade or two that's how most people, like normal people who are, wouldn't be, you know, trading in stock markets, we're not used to that. That's how they invest their savings. You know, they, they would just buy yeah, a property. Yeah, there's a huge amount of, yeah. Yeah, but. Way more than in stocks, where it's like in America, a lot of people invest in right. stocks. People invest in real estate here. Yeah, yeah. but the, but things um, are starting to change. Do you, did you know about that, Jason? Besides the, well, other- I know that the t- there's gonna there's a tax initiative, but it's only being rolled out here and mm-hmm. there, and it's only like one and a half percent or something. Okay. So it's actually not as big a deal as I think. Like a lot because in the states you pay housing tax too, right? And in most states in the United States you now pay tax on your home. Right. So I think China beginning to roll out an estate tax is is not as shouldn't be as controversial as it seems. Well, yeah, I guess I should clarify. Like up till now, we most of us don't pay. Pre- property tax you either rent or you buy the place mm-hmm. and you buy it for you know a certain amount for the buyer and then you don't really worry about it um but they've even the government has tried over the years so many different ways to try to control housing prices because people are you know they've been complaining you know if it goes at this rate we can't afford to buy a house anymore mm-hmm. or, i mean even an apartment mm-hmm. um and for for China, like the Chinese culture was based on a, um, I mean, it was an agriculture. Like people were farmers generations back. Agrarian. Ag- agrarian. Right? So they're agrarian. very attached to their land. You know, they're used to owning their place. Mm. If, um, for example, like my parents' generation, they don't like to rent. You know, when they rent, even if they've been renting the place for like 10 years, they'll still feel like it's somebody else's place. Right. It's, um, you know, so they would save, save, save until, you mm. know, they mm. buy their mm. own place. And then they feel like, Oh, now I can, you know, now it's my home. Now I can live. So there's this mentality that you have to own your own place. And also in China, you know, people, um, when they get married, it's like you need a house or apartment to be able to get married. There is this mentality. But this mentality has been challenged so severely (laughs) in recent years because... Uh, apartment prices, especially in Beijing and Shanghai, you know, they're like basically as expensive as New York or some other, you know, major international metropolis. Well, can I add to what you're saying a little bit? I think it really depends. Say, if you want to live, yeah, in Chaoyang District, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's it's expensive. But if you move to Daqing, 
Mm. I was living in a place in the Sixth Ring South in Daxing that was still attached to Line 4 on the subway in Beijing. And mm. the apartments that were being sold there were a million RMB, which mm-hmm. is only like, what, 150,000 US dollars, which is actually pretty affordable. Plus here in, in Wuhan... You can't get a townhouse for that in America at all. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. And here in, in in Wuhan, we live in a place called Hanyang. We, mm. we were just curious about, oh, maybe we'll buy a place here. Why not? You know, my wife moved her hukou here. So we went to uh, mm-hmm. a check out an apartment complex, a two-story apartment, two bedroom, two kitchens, actually, with, a, I'm not sure, I think two bed- bathrooms. I'm not, I don't remember exactly, mm. but it was only 500,000 RMB here in Wuhan. That's like what, a $80,000 for a a two bedroom? I mean, two two floor apartment. So, you know, I I think a lot of people in China, what they're thinking of is, oh, I want to live in and then they think of a neighborhood. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so expensive. Of course, it's expensive. That's like downtown. Mm -hmm. Like if you have to move a little further away, maybe. That, that's the thing, like you and I, we have the mentality that, you know, it takes a lot to buy a house, especially like in the States, the years that I lived in the States, I noticed how my parents, you know, they had to save for years for a down payment to be able to get mm. your own house. Mm. So, you know, growing up there, I knew that it's not an easy thing. It's not like oh, you know, I'm getting married next year. Let's go buy a house. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pat, I think it's um uh, a special case probably, right? I, I think my city is a special case. For most people, they have to save up. I don't know what your p- current position in your current company is, but weren't you the CEO of your former company? Yeah, I'm, I was the CEO of my last company. I'm the CEO of my current company. Um, but So, I so would say, couldn't we say you're a bit of an outlier? Yeah, I would say like the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Let's forget him. <laughs> the salary range is... I do work in technology, so and Seattle is a technology-focused city. We have Amazon, we have Microsoft, Nintendo, mm. lots of like major companies, and so the average salary here, mm. the median income here, is eighty-three thousand mm. um, dollars, yeah. which is significantly higher than the national average. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a cost of convenience, right? In Seattle, like because mm-hmm. our salaries are higher, our house prices are higher. But if right. you were to go to Dallas, Texas, um, you know the salary, the median income only goes down to seventy thousand, wow. but you can get a house there for two hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars versus the average of eight hundred in Seattle. So it's the same way in China where people are migrating now from tier one cities mm-hmm. and like Wuhan is becoming more popular. These tier twos are becoming more popular in the U.S. People are leaving L.A. and San Francisco and New York and they're they're moving to places like Salt Lake City and Dallas mm-hmm. and Austin because the cost of yeah. living is so much lower. Right. Hey, which uh, speaking of which, Jason, you could consider that uh, $500,000 apartment maybe in a few years. Oh, the yeah. Price was- will go up because of all the people moving to Wuhan. <laughs> we were thinking about that. But then as soon as we were like. Even considering it, our dad, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, my wife's dad who lives in Shandong, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, you need to buy an apartment here where we here. Live. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what do you mean? You're getting what in Wuhan. <laughs> yeah. So mentality here in China, I think it's start um, starting to change a little bit because it's up to the point where most people, like especially young couples, it's just impossible for them to, uh, you know, buy a place. And even if you can afford uh, the down payment, you'll be paying over 10,000 RMB. So over like, you know, some pay $2,000 per month for their mortgage. I mean, to live with that pressure, right? You, it's like getting up every day, you own somebody like what, 700 RMB? <laughs> That's <laughs> a, it's, it's, it, what if you lose your job, right? Yeah. So now slowly people are changing their mentality. They're like starting to accept the reality that maybe I'm not going to get married with a house you know, under my name, with my name on it. And so actually in the future, the renter's market, uh, it's going to be much more significant 
And I think the, I mean, the government is putting more money into building apartment buildings. Mm, mm. Um, did you hear that famous slogan? It actually started in 2016, but only, I think, in the past year or two that people were starting to take it more seriously. In English, that is, houses are for living in, not for speculation. Yeah, I've heard that, and yeah. You've heard that, right? In Chinese, is 房住不炒, which means that's what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> like, houses <laughs> are for living in, not for stir-frying, because 炒 is actually the word for stir-fry. Yeah. So, like, you kind of, like, you know, you buy it, I'll sell it, and then you buy it again, sell it for a higher price. That's, like, you know, stir-frying to heat things up. So, uh, they're getting... A lot more serious about it now. This is a like a, a slogan that first came out back in 2016. And it was, you know, clearly stated that was for the first time that the slogan came out. But at the beginning, you know, people don't really take it so seriously. But nowadays, I, I think people are the government is more serious about controlling the prices for housing because mm -hmm. it's it really has started to influence, you know, when people get married. Mm -hmm. And also eventually at least to, you know, impacts the birth rate. Mm -hmm. Because the, you know, people are putting, pushing their marriage to later in life. Cause a lot of people think the, you know, you need a house to be able to get married. And then because housing is so expensive, people have less money to mm. uh, spend on consumption. And, um, you know, the, the country wants people to consume a little bit more and not just put everything, all their money and saving in housing. So, but if they don't solve the problem of housing price, young people are not going to have much. They, they still, people still want to own their own place. I think it goes back to what Pat was saying a little bit about migration. You know, like mm -hmm. where I live in Hanyang, I, li I live in where the new projects are being built. And I can literally walk out on my balcony mm -hmm. and look in any direction. And I see like what looks like housing for 100,000 people from my window mm -hmm. with all these different buildings being built everywhere. I actually, I was blogging about it. So I was riding around my bicycle yesterday mm -hmm. and just taking pictures of all of the new projects in the area. Nice. And there's just, I mean, if from my bicycle, I must have seen homes for another 2 million people being built here. And like, <laughs> like I said, we were next to the Yangtze when we looked at that apartment. We were looking for over the Yangtze from the window of the apartment we were thinking about buying. Mm -hmm. So for 500,000 RMB, less than $100,000, we were looking, we were in an apartment that's two floors looking at the river. I think nice. people, it's, it's about migration. Mm. It's about if people need to move to where the affordable mm. housing is. There are, there are projects with, with thousands of people working on them all over the place here in Hanyang and Wuhan. Mm -hmm. And I know that in Beijing, from having lived there, that there are projects all over Beijing on the western side in Fengtai mm -hmm. and in the south in Daxing. There are, there are projects where they're creating housing for another million people there. Just based on my seeing these two places, I know that there must be hundreds of other sites around the country where they're just building housing. Mm. So, like, I think a lot of people, it's just about where they live. So, you know, everyone wants to live in Shanghai, Beijing, etc. But, like... Exactly. But you, not everyone like, can live in Chaoyang District, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, young people are... Um, of course, they want to live in the big cities, right? Yeah. But now, they're, the reality is setting in. And I think in the past few few years there are more young people leaving the city than before that mm. uh, and one of the main reasons is of course housing price you you work hard in these major companies you make a decent salary but like half of it or even more goes to your mortgage and after a while people just don't think it's a good deal mm. hey so you mentioned um these new new buildings so um last year 
I mean, in the past two years, these are very significant years, a lot of new policies coming out. And as I mentioned, um, because of the real estate price um, and how it's affecting people's consumption, especially young people's consumption habits, you know, they all want to save their money to buy a house. And then it affects the birth rate, which mm. is now alarmingly. So the government is getting really serious about, mm. you know, um, uh, solving this problem so that young people, they want to get married. They want to start have kids. They can they have more money to spend. And I think the new policy now is like they um, they want to encourage people to rent more, to, to offer them more apartments for renting. Mm. For example, here I pull up uh, an article um, that came out in April um, this year. It says China has instructed the governments of six cities to build more public housing to be rented by low income groups and young people who have found it difficult to own a home. And also just in December 2020, another article in August, Shanghai announced that it plans to build 220,000 new rental homes by 2025, an increase of more than 45% from the number of rental units built in the last last five years. So um, because controlling housing prices, I mean, it's, it's tricky, right? So they're thinking that if they can build more rental houses and prices are decent and it's, they're also convenient, then young people might get used to the idea that you know, you can still stay in the big cities. You just rent instead of buying a house. You know, it's like New York. Um, people go, young people, you know, after graduation, like I did, going to New York. Nobody thought about buying an apartment, right? It's like you go to New York, you you rent automatically. But here, China, like the young people in China still have, um, they're still transitioning from the mentality that I live somewhere, I buy a place, to the idea that, I go into a city, maybe I'll start renting first, <laughs> you know, and maybe it's mm. it's normal not to own your own apartment. Um, it, it's just a different mindset. And I think it's uh, taking place. There's this change. Yeah. Well, I think there's also a lot of people because uh, Pat and I know a gentleman named Wade and Wade, uh, mm -hmm. he works for a major Chinese company and he lives in Beijing, but he also owns an apartment in his hometown. So that was kind oh, of his solution. Right, so right, right. his mom, right. when they were getting married, they were like, you guys need to own a home. So he was like, okay. So he bought a home somewhere <laughs> in his hometown and then they kept renting uh -huh. in Beijing. So they did own an apartment. You know, right. what I mean? you know, sometimes it's more like psychological. Like people just need to feel like I have a place that I call that can call my own. It might not be in the city in which I live. It might be like in the in your own village or this township where you come from. But still just having the sense that I have my own property gives people a sense of security. Mm, um, mm, but, mm. you know, when it comes to big cities, I think if people have money to invest, um, consider the rental market. Here, I, mean, I found something else. It says the Chinese government is very aware of the economic potential and the social, social necessity of the rental market. And in 2017, they launched a new initiative, uh, pragmatically dabbed focus on both the rental and sales housing markets. Um, which is set out to develop the country's fledgling rental sector. And the stage is now set for China to create a dynamic rental market. And also you mentioned the, is it Z-Room? Yeah, Z-Room is like an app. You, you don't even have to meet your landlord or even if you really are careful, mm -hmm. you don't have to meet anyone from the company. So you download this app mm -hmm. and they have it in English and Chinese. 
Z-I-R-O-O-S-A-Z-I-R-O-O-M. Then you can find an apartment. It'll show you where to get the keys or the password to get into the apartment. You can look at the apartment. Mm. Then if you want to rent the apartment, you just pay to rent the apartment. Then you get control to change the Mm -hmm. the combination for the front door. Comes with Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is built into the rent. And Mm. then all you have to do is pay for electricity and gas. Nice. Heating is taken care of and you just move in. You just move into the apartment. And a a lot of people in America don't know, but almost Mm -hmm. all Chinese apartments that you rent are fully furnished. Mm. So all you need to have is your your stuff. You're like your clothes and your computers and stuff like that. Right. And there's already like everything else is ready to go. Yeah. There's good. There's but there's good and bad things about that. Mm -hmm. One of the bad things is if you're like me and you want like 5G screaming Internet, you have to get pay for Internet again Mm. because it already comes with Internet Mm Wi-Fi. You have to deal with the fact that they got the cheapest one deal they could get. (laughs) So like if when you move into these apartments, if you like fast Internet, then you have to you have to have already paid for it because it's buried in your rent. Mm -hmm. Then you have to replace it with Mm. faster Internet. Internet. So you're paying for internet twice. I mean, even with the with the fully furnished. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you two have this problem, but when I rented in China, they wouldn't let me change my bed out. And the Chinese <laughs> standard for beds is great. Yeah, they love their backs. And but unfortunately, as an American, it's it feels like I'm sleeping on hardwood all the time, and I had to fight <laughs> tooth and nail every single time to get them to take the bed out so I could at least put a new frame. Yeah, because they're probably thinking about you know when mm-hmm. you leave. Um, they have to rent to someone else. Maybe they will, you know, well, where would they put the bed or the mattress? But anyhow, the Z room, because I just learned about it now, mm. is China's equivalent of Airbnb with a twist as they predominantly deal in long-term rentals. Last January, they brought in $621 million in financing. And it says by 2030, China's rental market is expected to quadruple in value to 4.2 trillion yuan, which is like $588 billion as the country braces for a new economic sector to boom. And also rental markets. This is going to be big. Once people get used to the idea that, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I, I live in Beijing, you know, I just rent. And once people accept that, it's, it's going to be a lot easier. You know, they'll just rent if they have um, a stable long-term rental deal. So this would be a great market mm. to invest in. So these are business opportunities, guys. I wanted to throw out something for Pat really quickly, because uh, I'm curious about comparing like uh, what you put down. So in China, typically people put down their first and last, and sometimes they pay three months rent, or they'll put three months down and their last, things like that. When you rented the, your place in, in New York, what were the, how much did you have to put down versus like? Yeah, it was, uh, it was first month, last month, a credit check fee, which is like, I think 150 US dollars, and then a security deposit. I've had it be as low as five hundred when I was renting in college, but like the New York one specifically was the security deposit was actually a full month's rent worth of money. So first, so about three months worth of rent plus enough plus a couple of admin. Fees. You know, what's interesting. A lot of people. I want this is a tip for expats who might be coming over to China. A lot of people pay the real estate fee, which you mentioned earlier. You paid in New York, baby, but in here in China, actually, the real estate fee. Mm. I've moved something like seven or eight times. I've never paid that. Never, not once. Never. Mm. The, you just have to say i'm not paying that and then they'll say oh i'm sorry this is not negotiable and you say oh okay bye you get up and start to leave and they'll say oh no 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 okay the landlord will pay that it's okay what? and then you don't have the oh yeah oh yeah big time i've i know so many expats really? who've lived in china for years and years and years and they always pay it and they say oh no you're you you have to pay you, you do not have to pay that wait oh so who taught you that trick i just i'm a mean negotiator <laughs> <laughs> oh nice <laughs> Well, that's a good deal. 
Oh, well, but somebody paid it. So maybe it's, your, it's almost always the landlord. Uh, the landlord. Yeah. But it's, it's a way to get yeah. that last, you know, chip in the deal mm-hmm. is to just refuse. You, you finish all the negotiating about everything mm-hmm. and then refuse to pay that. And then that's the last chip that you can get back in mm-hmm. the deal. Nice. Nice tip for people, you know, thinking about renting in Beijing. Um, it's not that difficult. You have a lot of choices here. Yeah. I think we could talk about this topic forever. So um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We are out of time, guys. Aww. <laughs> well, thank you, Pat. Thank you for offering these uh, outlier examples. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Pat. Thank you so much for having me. And good for you. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, bye Jason. Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye, Pat. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, listeners. Bye.